Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's your boy Stocks. I am flying solo today. Murph may or may not join us. He's been caught up at work, so unfortunately you've got me solo, but wait a minute, no, that's a lie. The International Series is still coming to town this weekend. It's Wembley, not Tottenham. I'm not expecting as good a weekend as Tottenham because that new stadium is fire. But you've heard me ramble on about that. So from Rush Nation to Rams Nation, I've got Bear Marder, host of Locked on Rams. Bear, welcome to Five Yard Rush, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am excited for the Rams to be out in London. Uh, You talked about that stadium. Going to be an awesome one with uh, two NFL teams going at it this this upcoming weekend. Yeah, man, no doubt. Are Are you making the trip out? Oh, I wish. Um, we actually went, I, I planned to go to the Mexico game last year. The Rams were supposed to play uh, the Chiefs in Mexico, and then the field got damaged, and they moved it back to Los Angeles. I was in Mexico for that game, and I decided to take a break on the international series this time. I felt like maybe I jinxed it, and uh, me being there now, London's going to have the game going on, but uh, I took a pass on this one. I want to get out there so bad. It, those games look awesome, uh, but not going to make it this year. 
Yeah, that's a shame, man. I was going to say we we could have hooked up, had a beer at the stadium, and no, oh, I would have loved it. Yeah, the Rams seem to come over quite often. I mean, I've be, I've seen them twice in three years. So next time they do come over, we'll um we'll network and we'll, we'll grab a beer. Yeah, it's interesting because I know that's part of their relocation plan. When they move from St. Louis to L.A., part of the deal is that you have to go on uh, international trips, I believe, for the next three years. So they may have been tossed in at a certain point and got some games over there, but then part of their relocation deal was going in that international series. And uh, we were hoping to get out of the international series with, I think, the last one being in Mexico. Uh, with it being canceled, they said, no, we're going to just keep this going. So over to London, but I love it because we've got a bunch of fans in London. Uh, the Rams represent well out there. So uh, in a weird way, it's almost an advantage for the Rams playing out there versus the Bengals. I know we've got some supporters out there. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I mean, last time I saw the Rams was at Twickenham. So that was two or three, three, two years ago, three years ago, sorry, three years ago. And the place got so loud at the end of the game, it was mad. So there's definitely some love out here for the Rams, but yeah, I, I think you've got a bit of a cakewalk this week. The Bengals aren't going to put up much much in way of fight, are they? You know what? That's the plan. That's, that's what we hope because, uh, you know, looking back a few weeks ago, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into Los Angeles to play, and everyone said, okay, well, this is an easy win. Let's move forward and look ahead. And uh, we lost that football game, and obviously – uh, at that point, we thought maybe the Bucks were halfway decent. They've struggled a little bit since that game. So uh, it's interesting. You got In the NFL, every game is serious. But you're right. When you look at the matchup, it looks like something that should be a – I don't want to say an easy win, but it should be a, a confidence builder for the Rams as they go into this game. And hopefully for the fans out there, you get to see a lot of points, a lot of action. But it could be a little one-sided depending on how this thing turns out. Yeah, I mean, for fantasy, it could be a good day if you own a Rams running back or if, yeah. it turns, if it turns into a shootout and you own, I don't know, Tyler Boyd or any of the three Rams receivers, then that's good as well. So I think the only person you don't really want to own is maybe a Bengals running back because I'm not sure they're going to need to be running the ball too much. I totally agree with that. And the Rams, as far as stopping the run, have done a lot better uh, recently. Even looking back at that 49ers game, that was a very ugly game, but uh, the Niners came into that game averaging over 200 yards on the ground, and they didn't even get over the 100 mark versus the Rams. So that Rusty is looking good. So all those factors combined, I totally agree. Yeah, man. Well, we'll talk about the D in a little bit, but why don't we get into how you started in the media and talking about football for a living? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I was actually over living in Australia, and when I came back, uh, I moved into Los Angeles area, and the same day I moved is when – uh, the St. Louis Rams announced that they're moving to Los Angeles. I was at the airport bar having a beer, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. The team, uh, you know, the city I'm going to is going to now have a football team. That's going to be pretty cool. And uh, before I was kind of a Bears fan, but kind of stopped paying attention to the NFL a little bit when I was over in Australia. It was just so tough with the time difference. I think it was like Monday morning at like 4 a.m., and I watched some football. But the Bears and Jay Cutler, I just kind of stopped following them as much. So when I got back and found out that a team was going to be – in the state that I was now living in, I was really excited about that. And a buddy of mine just one day said, hey, you know, pretty quickly after I got there, said, let's do a podcast. And I was like, nah, I'm not really interested in that. Like, maybe I'll come on every once in a while and help you out with it. Next thing you know, it became our podcast. Uh, we were Rams podcast originally. And from there, uh, I got invited by the Lockdown Podcast Network to come over and do a daily podcast. So I left Rams podcast and now I do it Monday through Friday. I've been doing it for about three, four years now, ever since they 
they got out to LA and yes, once you start covering a team and at the beginning, I wasn't the biggest fan or, you know, I was more of a football fan, but when you're covering a team five days a week and really invested and you go through a four win season with Jeff Fisher and all of a sudden you get the number one draft pick, Jared Goff, Sean McVay, uh, and you see this team kind of turn around. The investment I put in early uh, really started to pay off, and, and I just started to get invested in it. And then when you do it daily, uh, you just kind of get hooked on it. So that's kind of where it all started as kind of a, a buddy of mine tossing it out there as an idea. Uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing you know five podcasts a week at least. Man, how does your, how's your buddy feel about you leaving what you created to join the Locked On Network? Was he good with it or...? Oh yeah. Well, he, he created his own, uh, child and, uh, he became a father and he really, it, it was, you know, a new job for him and a uh, new role as dad. Really. It was kind of a, uh, we're still best friends. He still comes up and watches uh, football with me occasionally. He still joins me occasionally on lockdown Rams, but, uh, just the timing, we just didn't have it for me doing five a week to add an extra one. Plus all the things that he was going through with a new job and a new baby uh, we just kind of parked it. So who knows? We may go back to it occasionally. Uh, but he still joins us on Lockdown Rams every once in a while, which is always fun. Oh, what a sweet story. That's so cool that he, he gets to do with Lockdown Rams with you occasionally as well. So it, it hasn't died. It's just it's like a phoenix burst into something else, which is cool. For sure. For sure. We'll, we'll always go there. We've known each other uh, for, geez, man, like 18, 20 years now. So, uh, yeah, he's always got an open invite on the podcast. That's so good. That's so good. So who's the best player you've ever met, interviewed, interacted with, past, present, doesn't have to be a Ram, just in your entire career? Who would you say your greatest player that you've met is? You know, it's funny. We we met a couple early when we first got here. Uh, we connected with an old sports agent uh, and he brought us out to a couple football camps. It was the first time I got to meet Todd Gurley. Uh, it was down in Watts, California, and they were doing kind of a fundraiser sports camp for kids. I uh, met Alec Ogletree uh, when he was with the Rams. He was awesome. Uh, sat there and talked to him for a little bit. And, you know, uh, Todd Gurley, this was his first year in Los Angeles. He was a little shy, uh, but very polite. You know, he, he uh, sat there and let everyone come through and take pictures and uh, talk for half a second. And then uh, probably Johnny Hecker went out to training camp, and he interacts with the fans so much. And it was the first training camp in Los Angeles, and there weren't a ton of people out there. Uh, but Johnny Hecker, really cool story. He actually, he's kind of a prankster. So he had gotten a squirt gun and he filled it not only with water, but with uh, glitter as well. So when he hit you with water, you think, oh, just water. But now you just be a, basically it was a glitter bomb, a squirt gun, <laughs> which by the way is an awesome idea. If you're looking for an extra little fun addition to a water gun, is just throw some glitter in there. They never see it coming. And he sat up with the fans and there's a little hallway that the players run in and out of. And he kind of, uh, camouflaged in with the fans and he would just you know pop up and squirt the players as they were running into the locker room and you know then wave at him to let him know you know it was him and you know we we're all laughing and he kind of just sat there and he just told stories and talked with us and hung out and that was really cool and then I think Todd Gurley gets a lot of um, you know grief lately as far as in the press as far as being kind of monotone and almost seeming grumpy and annoyed with the media which I don't blame him uh, but when you interact with him down at training camp, another very solid guy. Got to get an autograph from him and chat with him. Actually won a Todd Gurley jersey from a Seahawks podcast. Uh, we had a bet about who had the most rushing yards that season uh, for the teams, and it was the Rams that, that beat the Seahawks in that. And I kind of shared that story with him, and he was, he was, oh, man, love it. You know, if we get 
not only if we get to beat the Seahawks, but if we help, you know, our fans win bets. And uh, so he was a really awesome guy. I think he gets a little tough uh, in the media right now that he's, you know, a little moody. But those would be kind of the three players that I had some interaction with that all were really, really positive. That's cool. It's, it's always good when people that you are either observing for us, you know, you and I, we do podcasts. So if NFL players are, are cool talking to us or whatever it is in the world that people do, when that person interacts back with you and you're talking about it or filming it or whatever it is that you're doing, it's, I think it's a nice touch considering that at the end of the day, we're all just humans and it's everybody comes together. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. It's nice to see that human touch to this because we just you know, and that's, I mean, you hear, you know, LeBron James always say more than an athlete. And we kind of get stuck in that sometimes that like, you know, you're yelling at the TV and why didn't you pick up that block and why didn't you do this? And why didn't you answer that question with a smile and after the loss and all this stuff. And then when you just get to know a person as a person uh, and realize, like you said, they're just like you and me, except for, you know, they're on TV playing football and have lots and lots of money, but they're human. And to get to know them as a person is pretty cool, especially outside of the spotlight. Yeah, you, yeah, for sure. I, it's such a good thing. So we always ask this last question of the intro to our guests, and it's, it's what advice would you give to our listeners who want to talk about their passion, write about their passion, go into anything that they they feel that they want to expand on. So whether it be soccer or football or train making or whatever it is they're really passionate about, what advice would you give them and how to get into that field? You, you know what? It's it may sound silly, but just do it. You know, like don't over critic, you know, don't be overcritical of yourself and be like, oh, it's got to be perfect. And it didn't sound right. My voice sounds weird. And, you know, I don't know if I uh, made a spelling error. Only 12 people read it. It, it doesn't matter. You got to put content out there and you got to just do it. And going back to my story, when I first started, my buddy said, hey, do you want this podcast? And I was like, nah, not really. And I said, maybe I'll be a guest and I'll come on every once in a while. And then we started, and we really enjoyed it. And we had like little to no downloads. I remember when we first were looking, we're like 50 people listened. Oh my gosh, 110 people listened. And it was that little incremental growth that really started to motivate us. The next thing you know, we're up to 2,500, 3,000 people, you know, a show. And it was really starting to kind of, you know, feel worth it at that point. But if you enjoy it and it's something you want to do, you just got to do it. Don't overthink it and go, oh, I don't have the right mic or, you know, I don't have the right software on my computer to do it. You just got to do it. And and then people that listen uh, are going to give you feedback or, you know, with your writing and you'll see yourself get better. The only way to get better is to really put yourself out there. And, you know, you hear people say it all the time, but you got to fail to succeed. So just do it. Don't, don't make up excuses on why you shouldn't do it. Make up a list of stuff on why you should and just jump into it that day. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings in life is you got to break an egg to make an omelet. And uh, it's one of the things I, I go by every day because to get to the goal, you might have to fall over or you might have to run through a wall. But in order to break that, you end up with a massive product at the end. And obviously omelets, not necessarily the best thing to end up with, but you had to break an egg to make it. So yeah. And one of my favorites that kind of goes with that is get comfortable being uncomfortable. So if you're not, if you're too comfortable in this world, then you're not pushing yourself. So get uncomfortable or sorry, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that will help you kind of take those next steps and keep putting yourself out there. So uh, it's all out there for you to take. You just got to go jump in and do it. For sure. So let's talk some Rams 2019. What do you make of the four and three start so far? It's been a roller coaster. It's been a big time (laughs) 
roller coaster. You start out three and zero, and then, like I mentioned earlier, you lose to the Bucks, and everyone just steps back and goes, "Wait, what? We you lost to the Bucks? You know, this is the team that was in the Super Bowl. We started out three and zero. We felt good, even though a couple of those games were pretty close early in the year." Uh, then you go up to Seattle on a short week, lose on a field goal from a guy at that point who was 112 out of 115 from that distance in his career. He was 97% from that distance coming into that kick. He misses it. That's a fluke. Uh, so that was a tough loss. And then you come home against the Niners who are undefeated. And you're thinking, all right, NFC West game, very important. And, and it just a very, very poor performance from – uh, the offense, the defense played pretty well in that game, but just very lackluster. And you're starting to think, oh, gosh, what's happening here? A three-game slide. Now we're at 500. You're going on the road to play a road game. Uh, even though it was the Atlanta Falcons, you're looking at their record. But uh, they pick up the win in a very big fashion, which is which was much needed. Not only win the game, but win against the team that it has that record. And really your roster stacks up a lot better against. And so I think you're starting to feel a little bit better about them. Like, okay. Uh, you know, I talked to Jim Fossil, former NFL head coach and father of John Fossil, John Fossil, special teams coordinator for the Rams. And he talked about every season, every team has an up and down. So you got to just kind of ride through that and get back to the winning way. And I think that's kind of what the Rams did in Atlanta. Hopefully we're going to continue to do it in London, come off that with a bye. And then we just got to pick up the second half of the season and, and really put the rest of it behind us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you say, winning and losing seasons and stuff. And obviously Todd Gurley started last season really well and then he, he got the knee injury and then it turned out to be arthritis. And and then this season, people were either up or down on him in fantasy. You know, people were worried about taking him. Some people weren't worried at all and thought there was value in drafting him. But I know this is probably an impossible thing for you to do, but do you have any light you can shed on the Todd Gurley situation? Is he is he okay? Is he not okay? Or What's going on? Yeah, it, it, that's a great question. And you're right. It's a tough one to answer. But I think really the interesting thing is a lot of those things like you talked about, the knee injury, the arthritis. I mean, no one's come out and said, yes, it's arthritis. I mean, I think that you understand coming off that injury that that is a high chance of stuff like that happening. But if you watch when he's been productive this season, when he's had the rock, you know, he's not limping out there. He's not looking slower at times. Um, the one thing I would say, if anything, is that he's maybe not as decisive picking a hole uh, and being a confident runner, but it's tough when you're only getting a handful of carries. The first game uh, this season that he finally started to get some carries, I think he got 15 carries last week, um, but they really haven't committed to the ground game. And Sean McVay talked about there were some times in the, in the games that uh, situationally it didn't call for running. We were behind in that Tampa Bay game. There was a lot of two-minute drill type of uh, calling in that Seattle game when we had the ball a couple times late in the first half and then late in that game. So uh, the pass plays got a little heavy there. But I think he just needs uh, some opportunity and more chances because I don't really – I'm not really convinced. I mean, look at some of the touchdowns he put up. And uh, the one – I think it was Seattle um, where he basically just ran over a couple people and got to the end zone. So I'm not looking at him as, wow, he's weak or – you know, he's downgraded from last year. I just don't think he's getting the same opportunity. And we'll see. You know, I mean, maybe that is why he's not getting that opportunity. But I think it's a game plan thing that they need to get back to him. If you go back to when Todd Gurley is really successful, it was when he carried the, the ball, you know, 20, 25 times a game. And he got those late carries where he wore out the defense. Defense was tired and they kept going to him. So I think they just need to focus on getting him the ball more. But with 
rookie Daryl Henderson coming in and looking pretty good in his last couple games. It looks like they're going to continue to work on that split back carry. Uh, So we'll see if he can be productive. But I think overall health-wise, if you look at him, he's a little banged up, missed the game a couple weeks ago. But I think that's kind of the plan is to have him later in the season. But I'm not too worried overall about Todd Gurley. I mean, I think the only thing you can worry about how much money he's making and what the, what you're going to do with the rest of the cap uh, moving forward. But health-wise, I think he should be good for the rest of the season if we just kind of give him some opportunity. So do you think do you think they're splitting it, the backfield on purpose in order to save Gurley for the end of the season? Or do you think they're going to use Brown and Kelly as well as as uh, Henderson going forward and, and try and spare him all the way through the season? Or Yeah, I think... I, I think it's definitely got to be a plan that they've had. And they and Sean McVay and this organization seems very much they're smart group, right? They're not they're putting together a plan. They did it from, you know, back in, in spring training and and you know, when these guys got together early on in the season for training camp, excuse me. And I think that's what they're sticking to is saying, Hey, look, we need this guy late in the season to be you know, maybe last year at that point, he was, you know, under 50%. He was a little banged up and didn't have the energy to really get to it. We saw him in that Dallas playoff game, rushed for over 125 yards and, and a big long touchdown to kind of seal one of the, the wins. So um, I believe that they really have this focus on getting him for that meaningful football. And with drafting uh, Daryl Henderson in that third round, having Malcolm Brown as, you know, re-signing him and matching the contract offer, of the Detroit Lions to bring him back. I think they really focused on, hey, let's not give this guy 30 carries early in the season or 25 carries, even though Bear Motter with Lockdown Rams is over there begging for it. Uh, <laughs> we've got to hold off and look at this long-term plan because, you know, if we want him to be successful in the playoffs, then, you know, might as well. If you got three guys that can, you know, carry the rock, and we saw that Daryl Henderson uh, started picking up blocks and protection, and, and Malcolm Brown's always been known for that. So if you could trust three backs to kind of, handle all duties, then I, I get it. But, you know, when you're paying a guy $45 million guaranteed and, you know, he's one of your franchise players, the fans and the media definitely want to see him get the ball a little bit more. So with that being said, the Rams are currently third in the NFC West behind the 49ers and the Seahawks, both beating the Rams as well. Is this one of the ploys to get the Rams back into things in contention for a playoff spot? Oh, man, just even hearing you say that breaks my heart. We're the third that, you know, the... Uh, we've got the Arizona Cardinals that are only like a half game behind us. And that is just, that's crazy to think. And it's really, we've talked about this NFC West for the last couple of years and expected this to be, you know, kind of what we thought it would be over the last couple of years. But we had, you know, the Niners un- underperformed. The Seahawks started out slow in a couple of those seasons. And the Rams just kind of cruised to a first place finish. I think we won uh, by three games and then two games in the last couple of years. So uh, to finally have a challenge in the NFC West is tough, especially when you lose to the Seahawks and the Niners early in the season. But we get to play them again. And the Niners and Seahawks have to play twice. Uh, so I think there's definitely some wiggle room to get back near the top and look at winning the NFC West. But right now, uh, the Rams, obviously, in a very Sean McVay-ism thing that I could say, is you just got to focus on each game. You can only you know, catch up one game at a time, and you really can't worry about what the others are doing in the division uh, you have to let everything else take care of themselves. The Niners and the Seahawks both have some pretty def- difficult games coming up. So you just got to focus on yourself, get some wins, start stacking them up uh, and looking at the schedule. It looks like that could be a chance for the Rams. And, and before you know it, you could turn around and, and be right back in the mix in the NFC West. 
So I've got some uh, breaking news, but I don't know if you've seen this. Emmanuel Sanders has just been traded to San Francisco with a fifth round pick in exchange for a third and fourth round pick. So the Niners are getting some help at receiver. Woof, I did not see that. And uh, it's funny, we were just talking about the division and how that thing's shaking out. And the Niners had to do this. It was George Kittle uh, really running the show offensively, and they've struggled over the last couple of weeks. They just haven't had a go-to receiver. They've got a couple of young rookies on the team. Uh, that just really haven't kind of hit that yet. Manuel Sanders out of uh, Denver has looked great returning from his injury. And uh, Denver's fallen. So I, I, I like the move for San Fran. I don't like the move for the NFC West as far as just another <laughs> talented player. Uh, but the Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey looks to be a different beast right now. So we'll be excited to see that matchup when it comes again. So let's talk some Jalen Ramsey. I went to an NFL UK event uh, all I can't even remember was it when it was now. It was before the season started, and Jalen Ramsey was there with DJ Chark from the Rams. They were answering questions and lucky enough to get a photo with him. He's, he's a big lad when you stand next to him, Jalen Ramsey. What? How did that all come about? Because, I mean, he was obviously looking to be traded from, from the Jags anyway. So I didn't, I didn't see him landing at the Rams because I thought they needed offensive line help more. But then, <laughs> but then yeah. the Rams trade. They trade for Corbett from the Browns. Then Peters got shipped off to Baltimore, and then and then Jalen Ramsey come in. Was, do you think they're in the pipeline for a little while, or or was it very spare at the moment? You know, I, I love Lesney did a great job in the press conference breaking it all down, and and probably said too much. There was a couple times where he had to catch himself and go like, eh, I probably shouldn't say that because that's you know probably giving you a too good of a peek behind the scenes. But it sounded <laughs> like. Uh, they've, you know, had some talks for a long time about this, not so much, you know, getting and executing the deal, but, uh, we've worked with Jacksonville in the past. Obviously Dante Fowler joined the team last year. Uh, Blake Bortles is on the team this year as well. So we've got some connections and Les Snead and their GM go back to their days in Atlanta. So they've got a relationship that's built there and he, he had an understanding of what it would take. Uh, the Marcus Peters thing kind of came first and, uh, I think really they had to make a decision if Marcus Peters is worth keeping the rest of the season and then getting absolutely nothing for him when we decide to say, hey, we're not going to resign you, you're just too much. Uh, they loved him as a person, but I think there were things in his game that they just said, I don't know if this is going to fit with what we want to do, with what Wade Phillips wants to do on defense. It didn't work out as well as they thought it, uh, you know, as well as they hoped. Uh, so they kind of moved Marcus Peters, and then all of a sudden, you know, I think they then realized, okay, Jacksonville – uh, for a while was saying we're not trading Jalen Ramsey and then uh, he kind of did the back injury and you know he just he missed a couple games and they started to realize that I think he's gonna put his foot down a little bit more and we got to move him now before we can't get anything for him so there you go the Rams they start wheeling and dealing and and Lesney also said he doesn't really care about draft picks and I love it because a lot of times teams overvalue draft picks and then they go and draft a guy and it's a bust so uh, it's it's a really risky play when you want to you know live in the draft and, and have multiple picks. It's always nice, don't get me wrong. You want to add talent through the draft, but the Rams have shown in the last few years that the second, third, fourth round, that they've been really, really good at finding talent, uh, trading back and collecting more picks. So Les needs a wheeler and dealer. He looks at the first rounder as not that important. In fact, the last time we spent a first round draft pick was on Jared Goff back in 2016. And we traded a bunch of picks then to move up and get them. So uh, we've gotten through this before, as far as not having a bunch of draft picks. Uh, we traded a draft pick to new England for Brandon cooks. Uh, he's played really well for us in the past year and a half. So uh, I like the way that he does it. It's aggressive and it brought in one of the best corners. Uh, and there's a good understanding with his agent and our organization that, 
they will re-sign him. And it may not happen this coming off season. He's still under contract for one more year. And he said, I won't hold out next year. Uh, but he said, if you do try to franchise tag me after that, then all you know bets are off the table. So I think it gives the Rams an extra year to negotiate for him, which is good because money is a little bit tight right now. But I love the move. And I think uh, adding Jalen Ramsey, we saw it on Sunday, that attitude of the defense. We, we got out of a lot of zone coverage. We got more into man coverage, the nasty, the tenacious, the big hits from him. Uh, something that this defense needed was a spark. Uh, and I think that we got it with Jalen Ramsey. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, Aaron Donald and uh, uh, Dante Fowler were talking about how how aggressive he was in their post game interview, and then I, I really like the way the Rams are, are trading for players who are known commodities. They're not right. risking a draft picks. They're, they're going after players who want to go to a team that has a chance. I mean, the Rams got to the Super Bowl; they could get there again. And it's really, I, I really like the way they're molding the players that are veteran, not veterans, but I mean, in some cases, they are veterans and. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, too, because I think L.A. is now becoming a destination for some of these older veterans that, you know, when they come off their deal and maybe they've got a couple years left. I mean, look at Eric Weddle, Clay Matthews. These guys came in on very cheap deals late in their career. A lot of people said, oh, I don't know about Clay Matthews. And, and for a little bit, he was leading the NFL in sacks until he broke his jaw. He was leading the team as well, and he was having a great bounce-back year. Eric Weddle. Sean McVay said it a hundred times, you know, that how important his veteran leadership is on this team. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that's part of it is Les C knows that, hey, we can also get some of these guys with great veteran leadership uh, for very cheap deals. Because, I mean, talk about coming to L.A., not only playing in L.A., a brand new stadium in 2020, but talking about the marketing dollars. If you're coming from Jacksonville or anywhere else and now you're in L.A. and you're a face of the franchise, you're going to get all these marketing dollars coming in that can make up for a cheaper deal. And I'm sure Les needs saying that, hey, I'm only paying you five million, but look at everything around you, the opportunity that I bring you from being on the Rams you're going to make a bunch of money off the field too. So uh, I think we're going to continue to see the Rams pick up a lot of veterans during the offseason and moving forward as well. It's, I bet the weather's good as well. I mean, if you live in yeah, the sun... Yeah, and you can't beat the weather. Exactly. I mean, I come from... Well, London is, is pretty rainy and cold in the winter, and then the summers can be really humid and stifling. So if, if you're in a really nice weather in Los Angeles as well, if you've come from somewhere like Buffalo or, or up north where it's cold in the winter, and then... I think I, I, it's quite similar to the New England Patriots model, isn't it? And how their players take a little bit less money because they're playing for the Patriots with a chance to win a ring. You then got people going to the Rams on, on lesser contracts in order to, to, to do the sort of same thing, isn't it? Exactly. And that's not a bad franchise to kind of have a similar model to because we've seen them be really successful and, and they're pretty sneaky with their draft picks too. I mean, they just, they always seem to collect draft picks. They just traded a second rounder for Muhammad Sanu. Uh, when it sounds like the rest of the NFL was kind of grading him at about a fourth, fifth, maybe a third rounder. But when you, when you're the new England Patriots and you're always stacking picks and trading picks during the draft, they had a luxury of having another second rounder. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something we'll see the Rams do continue to wheel and deal. And, uh, the draft is going to be fun at a certain point, but those high picks just don't mean as much as a proven player in the league. Absolutely. Same sort of thing goes in fantasy as well. If you can trade away your coming draft picks for somebody, you know, is good. Take, take it all day long, all day long. I'm here for production, not, you know, uh, a lottery, basically a spin of the dice. So I like it. Exactly that. So, Bear, come on. What's your final prediction for the 2019 Rams season? 
Whew. You know, I think we, we I think we get this thing fixed. I think we get up to about 11, 12 wins, which would put us, you know, around four losses, five losses-ish. Um, I think there's probably two more losses in the season. You got some tough matchups. Obviously, we play Seattle and 49ers again. And those should be must-wins. But uh, we've got the Bears. We've got the Ravens. There are a few matchups that still, you know, hold a challenge at Pittsburgh coming off the bye. Uh, not a great Pittsburgh team, but you go out to Pittsburgh, always a tough uh, place to play. So I think they're going to get it, get the ship right. Uh, that game versus the San Francisco 49ers in week 16 is going to be huge. And then hopefully our game in week 17 versus the Arizona Cardinals is just kind of a cap off win. And while the Niners and the Seahawks finish week 17 and hopefully you know, there's someone we're rooting for there that can bump us into first place, or maybe we've already taken it. But I think there's a good chance that this team can still go and win the NFC West. They're going to need some help. Obviously, we're three games behind uh, the Niners in the win columns, so they're going to need to stack up some losses. But they've got some tough games themselves. Uh, I think this Rams team, if they can get to the playoffs, they've had, you know, this would be their third straight year in the playoffs under Sean McVay, and I think they're starting to learn and come together and figure out how to play uh, playoff football. We saw last year that they can go on the road and win games. Their road record during the regular season is awesome, and even in the playoffs, you know, looking back at that NFC championship game, whether it was a blown call or not, uh, they won that football game. They did it in overtime. They did it with an awesome comeback. Uh, They did it with a fake punt. They did it on offense and defense, so they know how to win in crazy atmospheres, so I'm not really worried about having to go on the road and get a win. They've proven they can do that in the past, so I still think that, you know, as far as this season, and people say, oh, Super Bowl or bust, that type of thing, I think it's NFC Championship or bust. I think that they can get to the NFC Championship from there. Anything can happen, but if they don't get to that NFC Championship, I still look at this season as a little bit of a disappointment, especially coming into the season on how high the hopes were re-signing Jared Goff to big money, adding a couple key veterans, going and getting Jalen Ramsey. The Rams have continued to push forward as far as, hey, this season is still important to us and we can make a run. So NFC Championship is where I see them. Anything from there is a little bonus for me. So do you think they get to the big dance? Then if they can make it to the championship, let's say they play the Saints, who are somehow 5-0 and under Teddy Bridgewater. Breeze comes back. Saints, Rams, say they beat the Saints and they get to the dance. Do you think they can win it this time? You know what? <laughs> that would be an awesome rematch, and I know the Saints would love it. And, and probably the way that it's going right now, unless things change, uh, you know, the Saints got the inside track to host that thing. So I just can't imagine that atmosphere. I, I want to see it. I would love to see it. Um, but, you know, we'll see how things shake out. And really, when you're kind of, uh, you know, looking at everything and, and how it kind of comes together, uh, that would be the matchup you all want. But, uh, you know, I mean, in my heart, I'm a Rams guy. So I'm going to say, yeah, they're going to win that game. But uh, anything can happen. And uh, if that's the matchup, I think we'd all be happy with it. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I would, I'd, I would pay to see that again, because I probably have to on Game Pass or something like that. But yeah. I, I, I would like to. And I'd like the Rams to go back to the Super Bowl. And although the Super Bowl was really good from a defensive point of view, I'd like to see the Rams go to the Super Bowl and be able to see the Rams' offense turn up as well. I just think it was a it was a bit of a shame seeing them not play the way the Rams could play in the Super Bowl. I think if both teams went at it on offense as well as defense, it would have been really good to see. 
For sure. And and like we said, that that rematch is going to be something that we all would pay big money to see. So uh, at the same time, it kind of scares me. I, I'd almost like maybe a, a little bit easier opponent would be nice, but uh, you never know. And at the same time, just, just getting a win without ref's help would be nice to kind of shut them all up over there. Hey, look, listen, Vin Diesel said it best in Fast and Furious. Doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile, a win's a win. Yep, exactly. So we are a fantasy football podcast, Bear. Do you play fantasy football? I do. I'm in three leagues, and this is the best year that I've ever gotten. I'm undefeated in one league. I'm 6-1 and one in another league, and I'm just like the Rams in my last league. I'm 4-3, and three, so I'm having a pretty solid year in the fantasy world. I think my only mistake was uh, drafting Antonio Brown in two out of three leagues, and he's just sitting there as a free agent on my bench like I, I I don't want to drop him yet because I'm, I just don't want to, you know, give up too early, but yeah, other than that, man, fantasy football, I'm loving it right now. Talking of Antonio Brown, do you think there's a chance he comes back and plays somewhere in the league or do you think he's done? Oh man, I think he wants to, even though he's the most confusing human being on the world. I think that he kind of wants to. And and I think there's going to be a team when it comes to playoff time, if he can get cleared to play, uh, that's, you know, even if he is a cancer, cancer to a locker room that, you know, a playoff team could use his offensive production if you got a decent quarterback. So I think it's still up in the air. I mean, you saw it when he went to the Patriots and played one game for them. Brady hyper-targeted him in the first half. Yeah. He had been there like 23 minutes. And and I was like, this is the best pickup ever. And Tony Brown's <laughs> going to stay. My team's a beast. And then the next week they're like, oh, yeah, he's out of here. And I'm like, no, Tom Brady, no. <laughs> So fantasy football formats, Bear, have you got a favorite? Uh, as far as like PPR? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm PPR all day. It's got to be PPR. Um, I'm in a league where there's no kicker. I'm, I'm not against that. They had an extra flex position. Uh, that's kind of fun. But it's got to be PPR because you got those wide receivers that are racking up, even running backs. And, and it's like every time you catch the ball and you watch people – you know, playing the game and there's drops left and right. I mean, you should be rewarded for catching the football when it's thrown your way. So I, I like the PPR method. Yeah, 100%. I could not, I, I love PPR. I, I, I don't like PPR as much when you play your Marvin Jones last week who scored 43 odd points. Because, oh. oh. yeah. It, it I was, was on my brutal. brother's bench. That's why I said it's brutal because uh, my brother left him on the bench and was like, oh, God, I got to watch him just go off. <laughs> I, I would have uh, much preferred my opponent to leave him on the bench than playing him against me. But yeah, I had to. Uh, I, went, I went into last night. He had the Patriots DST, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and James White still to play. And I was ahead by 50 points and I lost. So yeah, thank you very much, Patriots. You not only yeah. ruined the Jets' <laughs> nights, but I, uh, Sam Darnold last night. What were you doing? Yeah, and just like for the Patriots, like just can you start taking a knee in the third quarter? Quit scoring points. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So what what lessons have you learned for fantasy football in 2019 that you think I can, I can put that into play next year? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it's it's the draft, you know, and it, it's really uh, trying to come up with a draft plan and understanding, you know, for me, it was I wasn't big on getting the Mahomes and, and the Breeze and the, you know, Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers early. I figured – you know, I liked Lamar Jackson. I knew he was going to go a little bit later than some of the big name quarterbacks. So I just stockpiled on running backs and wide receivers and just figured, hey, even if it, even if I already have every one of those positions filled, I'm trying to get some draft capital here. So that's what I really built for. And that's kind of how I made a couple moves early is, is I had a lot. I think I had five 
uh, receivers that were in the top 15 by like week three and just start making trades and all of a sudden I'm upgrading positions and things like that. But it's the waiver wire. You got to pay attention big time on that, even though this year has been kind of boring on the waiver wire as far as guys coming off the street and making it happen. So uh, the draft, man, it's, it's uh, live and die by that and uh, just trying to stack up players. And if one player doesn't work out, and you got to get lucky. I think fantasy football is all about getting a little lucky and, and seeing a guy have a breakout year and, and you know getting on that early. I think the telling question here, Bear, is do you own any Todd Gurley in fantasy football? You know what's funny is I defended him to the moon and back twice on during the offseason and did not draft him once. And my brother's going, what, what's going on, man? And all you did was <laughs> talk about how Todd Gurley is going to have this awesome season. And I was like, you know what? I've had Todd Gurley uh, – I think twice since I've done the podcasting and, and the one time he had a really bad season, the next season he had a really good season. And I was just like, yeah, I just don't want to, I don't, I'm covering them. I don't want him to stress me out. And uh, I know he's been stressing out some owners. He's been getting in the end zone, but the yardage hasn't really been there. So I just decided to stay away from him. And my brother who was talking all the crap ended up taking him in two leagues. And he's like, I don't know how I talk crap about him. I take him. You don't, but I, st- I stayed away from Todd Gurley this year. So are you saying, Todd, what we had a conversation about a little bit earlier, do you think Todd Gurley is now a buy low for the second half of the season if you're in playoff contention? Well, you know, in a weird way, I'd I'd almost be one of those guys that I'm targeting for a trade because I think that the owners are still giving him a low value as far as what they expect and that you can go get him for a guy that, you know, probably the value could end up being in your favor at the end of the year because if they continue to, you know, if he stays healthy and they continue to at least feed him in the red zone and we've seen him be productive with touchdowns, you know, occasional breakout game there, maybe a flex player uh, running back two if you're looking to upgrade. But if you got, you know, depth at the wide receiver position, I'd almost be interested in going and trying to get him because I think his value is a little low as far as the ownership goes there. So uh, you might be able to get him for a little bit less and, and plug him in and still have some production from him. Right, that's it. I'm going to trade Todd Gurley. I've heard it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> that's Yeah, I'm all over it. I am all over it. So, Bear, let's talk about podcasting for a specific team. What's it like focusing on, on just the Rams as opposed to all 32 teams? You know, I'm a football junkie, so it I, I'm watching everything still. And uh, it, it's fun because you can kind of take that and put it into one team's world. And, and, uh, and then you can really get in depth. You can really know not only just the – the you know 53 man roster but start to get to know them a little bit more and through that you can really start to make connections Serena Morales is the LA Rams team reporter uh, she comes on our show every Friday she's been a great person to know and, and having some inside stories and things like that so it allows you to go a little bit deeper than you typically would across the NFL so it's been fun and especially when you got the Rams and they've been winning uh, the past couple of years it's made it a lot more fun too. Yeah absolutely have you talking of, of the Rams and going forward and stuff have you been down to the new stadium and taken a look at it yet you know I haven't I've driven by it a handful of times Uh, my uncle just sent me a picture the other day he was in it and I said where's the invite man it was the company thing and I was like well I'll put on a hard hat and pretend I'm your assistant for a day like give me a call man (laughs) but uh, I haven't gone inside of it yet Uh, I'm excited to get a chance to walk around they've had a couple things down there and I think as they get closer we're only nine months away from that thing opening up uh, with a Taylor Swift concert, by the way, which I'm sure Jared Goff's going to be happy. He had gotten uh, some crap from his teammates for having Taylor Swift on his uh, on his playlist, but he'll probably be there for that. But nine months away from that thing opening up, so I'm sure as we get closer, I'll, I'll go take a look. It looks beautiful, uh, especially when you fly in and out of L.A., you get a view of it. Yeah, can't wait to see it on the screen and hopefully maybe one day get to go over there as well. So you, you mentioned uh, having somebody come on every Friday 
when you're reporting or covering the Rams, how do you, without giving any trade secrets away, this is how do you how do you get your information about what you're going to cover? Yeah, I think uh, there's really nothing, no secret to give out there. It's just really what do you think is important to your listeners, and and what do you think they want to hear? And and as a football fan, what do I want to know? You know, what are what's that inside information that you're curious about? And that it is, it's building relationships with people around uh, that can kind of give you some of that information, and then kind of knowing the game, understanding. Uh, when Les Need kind of overtalks a little bit in a press conference, you can kind of break it down and understand maybe what he's trying to do and, and then give that information. So uh, I think it's really just attention to detail, not being afraid to put yourself out there and ask a question that you know others may go, oh, that might be a dumb question. But then you'll get an awesome answer and you'll get someone to kind of open up. So it's about making connections and relationships. And uh, again, going back to what we talked about, not being afraid to put yourself out there. So with your listeners, I mean, obviously you – you do the Locked On Rams now. Do you think what they want to hear from your podcast has changed for the period you've been doing it? Oh, 100%. I think it's constantly changing. You know, there's so much going on from off-season to off-season and, uh, you know, storylines. And it's tough to try to get away from the Todd Gurley talk. I know I talked about it a lot. And right now it's tough to get away from the offensive line talk as they've been playing pretty poorly. Finally, in Atlanta, they played better. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's times where you know, you understand what they want to hear and then times you understand what they don't want to hear and then trying to get a good balance of that because you still need to report what's going on with the team. But uh, it's, it is a fun game you got to play when trying to figure out putting it together for, you know, a, a full week of content. So do you, I guess you must do, but your listeners, do they, do you get a lot of feedback from them as to what they want to hear and, and how much of that do you take on board? Like, do you tailor your podcast to... Is it like how Bear perceives the Rams for them or does your listeners tell you what they want to hear and you tailor your podcast to them? Oh, I, I love hearing what my listeners want to hear about. And I, I talk to them all the time about reaching out to me. And, and when they do, I try to you know reward that and make sure that I answer a question on there. And, and it does help because you're doing five days a week, especially in the off season. You're like, what the heck do I talk about? <laughs> and what do these guys want to hear? And when you reach out to them and they say, oh, I'm just curious about you know, what are we going to do at safety or in the linebacker position? And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that is a pretty good topic. So they're very helpful when it comes to what we should talk about and, and listening to them is huge because if you ask, Hey, what do you guys want to hear about? And then not cover any of it. Why would anyone ever, you know, respond to you again? So I try to do my best to let them know and give them shouts, shout outs because I get text messages and, and side conversations from people going, Oh my gosh, I heard my name on your pod. That was so cool. Thank you so much. Uh, so the littlest things sometimes go the longest ways. And so I always try to you know, do my best to hear what they've got to say and, and kind of involve it into my podcast. That's cool. I, I like that. You're not stuck in the olden days ways, which is you, some people you hear, not, not just in, in the industry, but whatever it is in the world, you get people who are stuck in their olden ways and aren't willing to listen to what people are saying. And people won't appreciate that or, or respond or respect that. So it's good that you're fluid and, you know, I suppose you have to be, but it's nice to hear in such a, a friendly way that you're not just sh- shooting people down, as it were. So it's it's good because interaction with your fan base is important, and yeah, I enjoy it. So it's good to hear you do as well. But what do you think is the hardest thing about your job there? Uh, it's just doing it daily. Um, you know, it is tough. There's those days that, especially again, going back to the off season where you're doing it every day. There's, you know, you're trying to figure out what to talk about. You're like, man, I feel like I've talked about this so much and not boring people. Uh, and then occasionally that Sunday, 
you're watching football, you got to get a Monday episode out there and you're like, oh, I just want to be like a lazy Sunday of watching football and, and not have to be the guy that goes and tells everyone about it. But uh, when you get into the groove and you start doing it, it's a bunch of fun. But I think just, just how much there is. I mean, I'm recording five days a week, sometimes six days a week. Uh, there's no really off day in my podcast world. So I think sometimes like that, people, friends go, oh, let's meet up after work for a drink. And I'm like, well, I have a podcast. So, you know, I'll catch you next time. But uh, that's part of the gig. And, and you know, getting to talk about sports is, is something I've always wanted to do. So no true complaint there. Just uh, sometimes a little difficult with the work-life balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Take the rough with the smooth, right? Exactly. <laughs> so have you got one highlight to date on reporting for the Rams that you think is so far the pinnacle of your of your podcasting career? Um, you know, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, had a lot of really cool, you know, conversations with fun people that I never thought I'd have a chance to talk to. And like I mentioned, you know, getting to meet Todd Gurley and have a conversation with Alec Ogletree and uh, some of the relationships with the Rams that I've been able to build uh, with the, you know, their, the voice of the Los Angeles Rams, JB Long and Serena Morales and Jim Fossil, former NFL coach. So just some of those relationships I think are, are really key. And then being a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network and uh, being featured as far as their podcast of the week, uh, you know, we've got 130 podcasts. So some of those things have been kind of a, a personal achievement. Uh, and then just hearing some of the feedback from the listeners. Hey, man, really appreciate it. This gets me through my morning workout. Or, you know, I, I, one of the guys says, man, I walk my dog at five in the morning every morning. And if you're not, if your podcast isn't up, like I'm let down. And, you know, those type of things from people. And you're like, wow, people actually listen to this and actually care. So it's kind of that, that relationship part of it is really fun too. Yeah, and one of, our, one of our guys who does the website for Five Yard, he's a massive, massive Dolphins fan. And he religiously starts his day Every day we locked on dolphins. It's it's basically oh, yeah. Travis. His... Yeah, Travis Wainfeld is. Yeah, Travis is awesome. He does locked on dolphins. He's one of our best hosts on the network, and I feel bad for him because he's got one of the worst teams to cover. Um, but he is awesome, and and yeah, the locked on network. There's, I mean, if you got a team that you listen to, go find it on locked on because they they're covering everything, and uh, everyone is is really high level in what they do here. So it's been fun to be a part of that group as well. Yeah, we had Travis on uh, preseason, I think, and uh, it was just me again and Lee, the guy, the Dolphins fan. He, I said, look, man, do you, do you want to come on the podcast and, and do it with me when Travis is on? And he was stoked for that and, and got really hyped for it. So it was it was good to be able to let him meet meet Travis online. And it was really good. It was good. But even the Locked On NFL podcast is good and Locked On Fantasy. Just, yeah, it's all, it's all really good. And I tell you what, the Locked On Broncos one I listen to every day, the music for that is unreal. And then I, I listened to a couple of your episodes to get up to speed with what the Rams were doing. And, and your intro jingle is pretty cool as well. Do you guys have, where'd you get that from, man? You know what? I actually, the, the combo of it is from uh, the old Rams podcast. And we used to have a video or, or a sound engineer working with us, an old friend of mine kind of put that together and I kind of stole that over. And then I really enjoy putting different music on the podcast and stuff that hypes me up and, and kind of plays the mood. You know, we were playing Cleveland. I was playing Bone Thugs and Harmony because they're from Cleveland. And, you know, when we have our victory Mondays, I'm trying to play a song, gets you ready. And we do a hype Friday. So another song gets you ready. When we went on our three game losing streak, you know, playing Tupac, I ain't mad at you, you know, and all these different things. So I'm trying to involve, you know, music into what is happening. And I always really enjoy music. So it's just been a fun part of what we do. Ah, well, if you're a music fan, I, 
I listen to podcasts basically for eight hours a day at work because I spend a lot of the time on my own. But I try and throw one album in a day to, to break up the podcasting because it can get a little bit monotonous if it's just podcasts. So yeah. what album should I listen to tomorrow at work? Oh my gosh, man. That's, that's the whole podcast right there. Um, you know, whew, I mean, I'm a cheater in this fashion of uh, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, because it's a double disc, so you get two CDs, right? Mm. And uh, you can't go wrong with anything coming out of Tupac, a classic hip-hop. So, um, yeah, these days, man, I'm always on Spotify and just kind of throwing a song here, a song here. And I, it's been a while since I've gone through a whole album. But, I mean, whenever people say, like, oh, you're on an island, you get to bring you know, one or two albums or whatever, it's always Tupac, All Eyes on Me. That thing just brings me back to, you know, introduction of hip hop for me when I was a kid, a little kid in Pennsylvania and surrounded by people listening to rock and all this different stuff and, and found, you know, via MTV, Tupac, and it changed my life. So that that All Eyes on Me, man, that, that album can't go wrong. So get this then, right? We had your boy Q from Locked On Raiders on and he said he was big into hip hop and I asked him, one out i asked him for my album tomorrow and he said all eyes on me so nice. you guys have just made all eyes on me the official album of the whole locked on network without even knowing it cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my boy q man he's he, that's the dude right there i always love talking to him he doesn't hold deck on anything so uh i feel good to be in that in that category with him yeah man for sure right final question do you think you'll ever get to come to london to cover the team I would love to. I mean, that's my goal is to continue to travel and do this and, and be a part of it. And hopefully the Rams can continue to go out there. Uh, I've got a few friends over in England and would love to be able to meet up with them. I was in London for 16 hours one time coming home from uh, Barcelona. And it was one of the best 18-hour trips where we you know left our luggage at the airport, ran down the city and played around all day. So I'd love to come back and spend a little bit more time. And hopefully that's in the cards in the future. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, if you do end up, you, you make sure to hit us up and, and we'll catch up. But I, I appreciate this is a, a chunk of your day that we, we loved having you on. So why don't you let Rush Nation know where they can find you on Twitter and where your articles and podcast is? Awesome. You can find me at my personal on Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear, as well as Locked On Podcast. And that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook group. Come join us. Uh, ask any questions away. I always love to hear from you guys, especially uh, from all of our fans and listeners out in the London area. But we're putting up content every day of the week. So if you're bored and your favorite podcast didn't post, uh, just check out Locked On Rams because uh, Monday through Friday, we're putting up content nonstop. We heard it here, Rush Nation. Go check out Locked On Rams. It's a pretty good listen, even if you are not a Rams fan. Take it from me. Bear, this has been a lot of fun, man. Hope you'll come back on soon. Appreciate your time. Definitely. Anytime, just let me know and uh, go Rams this weekend. Yeah, well, I'm going to be wearing my Cooper Cup jersey, so go Rams as well. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we will chat soon. But Rush Nation, as always, until next week, enjoy your fantasy football this weekend and keep rushing. entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources however they engage with us there's no wrong door so it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming talking about what their sex life is about their concerns and to make sure they're healthy do it for them 
Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.